0: Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video today we've got a compliance story that deals with immigration law but first make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos that said our first story of the day is from proud reading 3316 malicious compliance immigration law edition This is a tale of how I maliciously complied my client into a much better visa route after the home office refused her first application. I'm an immigration lawyer in the UK, and if you don't know anything about our immigration system, it's just a mess. The rules are tough, often cruel, very complex, and there's very little flexibility. It doesn't matter how sympathetic someone's circumstances are, if you don't meet all the rules, you're not coming in. Even if it's to join your family, Even if you're an elderly person who just wants to spend their final years with their British children, especially if you're an elderly person who just wants to spend their final years with their British children. Enter Doris. Not a real name. Doris is a 93-year-old Australian citizen who lives alone in a nursing home. All her children are in the UK. Doris has a modest wish to move in with her daughters in the UK and spend her twilight years with her family. She was in pretty good health but her continuing isolation led to anxiety and depression especially after she was the victim of a robbery so doris did what she thought was the right way of going about it she applied to move to the uk as an adult dependent relative what she did not know was that this route had almost impossible requirements so tough that only about five percent of these applications are actually granted outright and a further five percent succeed on appeal So the odds are pretty terrible and you don't get the 3,250 British pound application fee that you paid back if it's refused. Alongside financial and relationship requirements, she had to show that she required continuous care with everyday tasks like dressing and cooking for herself and that this care is not available in Australia. She could meet neither of these rules and her application was refused. The refusal letter made a point of emphasizing her excellent health, important for later, as evidenced by the letter she included from her doctor, completely ignoring the parts about her anxiety and depression. This is when she approached my firm for help. Now, appealing this decision would have been a waste of time. She clearly didn't need the constant care with everyday tasks, and any care that she might have needed could be found in Australia. But after speaking with Doris, we realized something. Not only was she a Commonwealth citizen, as a citizen of australia but both her grandparents were born in the uk so we hatched a plan the plan what doris didn't know is there's another visa she might be eligible for uk ancestry to meet the requirements she had to be a commonwealth citizen and have at least one grandparent born in the uk done and done however this was technically a work visa so she had to intend to work in the uk and she was very much retired The thing about the UK ancestry route is that the Commonwealth citizenship slash UK born grandparent requirements mean that overwhelmingly the people who qualify for this route are white. And because our immigration system is somewhat racist, that means that many aspects of this visa are very generous or even lax compared to other routes. You get a five-year visa straight away instead of having a two and a half year one that has to be renewed at extortionate prices before you can qualify for permanent residence even the application fee is lower than other categories crucially when it comes to the work aspect you don't need to be sponsored by an employer you don't need to work a certain number of hours the work can be on and off and even volunteering counts as work this will be important later the malicious compliance you say doris is in such great health that she doesn't qualify for an adult dependent relative visa okay cool she'll apply for a work visa then since the work could be volunteering she reached out to a community center in the uk and offered a volunteer at a lunch service they provided for the elderly the center was thrilled to have a new volunteer and wrote her a letter confirming this after preparing all of the other documents including some going as far back as the 19th century like her grandparents birth certificates we were almost ready to go all that remained was our covering letter after outlining how she met all of the requirements i couldn't resist quoting from her previous refusal letter about her excellent health and explaining that given that doris would now be working in the uk I also provided details of the few hours a week she would be volunteering at the community centre and reminded them that their own guidance says that they cannot discriminate by age. Her visa was granted and she's now joined her family in the UK, as she wanted all along, and all she has to do to apply for permanent residence in 5 years time is volunteer for a few hours a week. It's worth pointing out that the reason the adult-dependent relative rules are so stringent is because in 2012, the Home Office decided that it's costing the country too much to allow elderly parents to settle here as they were considered a drain on the NHS, our universal healthcare system that's free at the point of use. So the rules were changed to make it almost impossible for them to move to the UK. This is despite the fact that prior to the rule change, only about 2,000 people used this route to move to the UK but there was nothing they could do to stop this 93-year-old in excellent health from joining her family here on this work visa. Honestly, like, the restrictions between a lot of places like that are almost depressing in a way especially in this day and age where it's a lot more likely that somebody has like a long distance thing going on. I mean, we're all more connected than ever, and there's a real inability sometimes to spend some meaningful time with somebody you love because frankly, they don't want you there at all. Do you guys believe that there should be an exception to the rule where elderly parents can move into a country to stay with their citizen kids, even if they aren't citizens themselves? Or are the rules there for a good reason? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Biohazard186, well she did exactly as I asked. Honestly the compliance probably wasn't malicious but I don't know of a better sub for this story and I finally have one so I'm gonna tell it. So my job has me traveling to nearby cities for property appraisal. My team and I will stay in a particular city for a couple of weeks and then move on until we come back around 2 years later. A lot of these cities are tiny, think populations less than 5,000. Because these towns are so small, lunch options are few, so we end up picking one we like and sticking to it. We joke about what the staff might think, a group of strangers suddenly visiting the place every day like clockwork for a few weeks, and then disappearing, never to be seen again. The restaurant in the city we're about to leave, a little Mexican place, has a surprisingly diverse menu so I've been able to try something different every time we visited. One of their items I've gotten a few times, a cheeseburger with chopped grilled veggies and bacon on it. From my co experiences, the cook staff is pretty open to customizing the order. So, since this is the last time I'll get to eat their food, I decided I would change it up a little and have them put some of their really good queso on the burger. So, the waitress, a middle-aged Mexican woman, comes to take our order. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I say, I'd like the Mexi burger, please. And could you put queso on it, please? The waitress says, queso? Raising an eyebrow at me. I say, yes, please. That queso is good. She says, okay. Takes our menus and goes to enter our order. A few minutes go by and another, much younger waitress comes back to our table to get clarification. Waitress 2 says, did you want the queso on your burger or did you want it on the side? Me thinking for a second said, on the burger. She says okay and hurries off in the kitchen. A few more minutes pass and the first waitress puts my plate in front of me and I instantly start laughing. Y'all, she thought I wanted a smothered burger. I couldn't even be mad. I guess I should have made sure they understood that I wanted them to use the queso as a condiment. And while it didn't come out quite like I wanted, the burger did taste good with the queso. So basically all they did was make the whole burger and then just dumped the queso on everything, bun and all. I mean, I'm not a picky eater. That still sounds pretty good to me, but it's a lot more disappointing than if you could just actually pick up the burger. I also love me some queso and that does sound pretty darn good. Our next story is from Rakuken. My coworker took a long break and said she didn't care if I did the same so i did many years ago i worked at a gas station it wasn't a big fancy station no it was a satellite of a grocery store nothing more than a tiny kiosk next to a dozen pumps i have a lot of stories about that place but only one is really appropriate for this sub my coworkers ranged from cool to worthless this story is about one of the worthless ones let's call her sandy sandy was fairly new to our kiosk but not to the job having transferred over from another gas station in the company. Right out of the gate, this was a problem. She had her way of doing things and we had ours. Naturally, Sandy expected all of her new co-workers to change to suit her, not the other way around. One day, it was me and Sandy on the afternoon shift. There were only ever two employees, only enough space for two people in that shack of a gas station, so we covered each other's breaks. Normally, because I'm a team player, I would take my breaks in the little office in the back. If my coworkers needed me, all they had to do was yell. But on that particular Friday, Sandy and I had a problem. She decided to take both of her breaks at once. It wasn't uncommon for us to take a 45 minute break instead of a half and 15, but it was something we had to clear with our coworkers before doing. It was also against company policy, but we didn't really give a darn about that. An hour before rush hour, the busiest time of the day with the largest concentration of crappy customers, she wanted to take her break. That's fine, nothing wrong. I told her I would take my half hour after hers, and then we would both run tills for the rush. Half an hour came and went. She didn't come back. Another half hour, during which I should have been on break, still not back another 15 minutes she comes in and gets on too no apologies for taking a long break unannounced or for coming back late from that long break when i mentioned it she replied i don't know why you're getting so pissy all you ever do is sit in the back and i wouldn't get upset with you if you took a long break so i told her i'll hold you to that then i walked out i bought a paper went down the street to ito sat down with a big bowl of noodles and veggies and took my sweet time all the nine-to-fivers on their way home from work were her problem. Exactly 45 minutes after I left, I made darn sure it was to the minute, I walked back into the kiosk. Sandy was not behind the till, my manager was. Apparently Sandy couldn't handle the situation and started crying. I don't know if it was me just walking out, the workload, or any particular customer that got to her. My manager was called, drove into town and took over until I came back. Let's call her Tam. Tam wasn't angry with me, not anymore at least. She was pretty pissed when she showed up to relieve Sandy, poor girl had to be sent home, but she had found a brief window in which to check the security cameras. It turns out that Sandy told her that she had taken her half hour break earlier, then I didn't bother taking mine until the rush because I didn't want to work. Tam decided to check that on the cameras, and by the time I came back, she already knew Sandy was lying to her. I didn't have to say a darn thing in my own defense. Sandy was punished for the long break and the lying, but wasn't fired. However, on the rare occasion we were scheduled together afterwards, she took her breaks when and for how long I told her to. Good times. Honestly, the fact that Sandy went and started crying from the pressure of trying to keep up with everybody is extremely satisfying considering how little of a crap they gave and how hard they hung op out to dry and our final story of the day is from insert screen name here air force commander makes a dumb policy we all follow it to the letter out of spite and the commander gets taken down a few pegs by the local chief of police while i was in the air force we had a commander that was all about looking great to the public and nothing else He didn't care for morale, personal time, or his troops in any way, shape, or form. In fact, he became our commander as a punishment when he was caught banging a deployed enlisted member's wife. He came from a family of a few 2 and 3 star generals, and because he got in trouble, he was forced to command our crappy squadron with a forced retirement at Lieutenant Colonel after 2 years. So basically he hated us, and we hated him the moment we saw each other. We knew how he got in trouble before he got to us, and we didn't take too kindly to it. For context, I was security forces, police, and part of our job is manning the gates and checking IDs for people to come in. There was always a morning rush from everyone coming into work at the same time that would cause traffic to back up. We would do things to try and get the cars moving faster, but no matter what we did, it was always a problem. And of course, it was always the new airman's fault that everyone starts work at the same time so the gate guards always got yelled at a lot. Well, our fearless commander got a hair up his butt and thought it would be a great idea if we said a prepared speech to everyone when they came in to show how disciplined we are. The speech went as follows. Hello driver's rank and name, welcome to installation name, home of the aircraft the installation was known for, and the home of our squadron name, your ID will expire on date, your vehicle's registration will expire on date on the sticker on their windshield, I authorize you to enter installation name, have a great air force day. Obviously everyone besides the leadership knew this was the dumbest thing ever. But the commander said we have to do it, so we have to do it. The young airmen were complaining about it when we all got on the same page at the same time. We decided that we were going to say the whole speech as slowly and clearly as possible to make sure everyone heard us, and we would do this to every single car with no exception if the car had a passenger in the back we would repeat it again when our own chain of command would drive through they would try to stop us from saying it but he would keep their id until we were done morning traffic went from being two hours long to four hours because of how long it took to get in and created a lunch rush that never existed before many times we were yelled at about how long it took we were making everyone late to work and how much they hate that speech so we would tell them that this is per our commander's request and his office phone number is public if you would like to talk to him about it the traffic got so backed up the local police had to direct traffic outside the base as the line of cars grew to a mile or two long this lasted three days before the chief of police for the local city and our base commander let our commander know how they really felt about it when we were told we no longer had to do it Our shift supervisor told us he had never been so proud of us. Having the second highest ranking person on the base tell me to my face, that speech was so freaking dumb, never say that again. As he drove off, is the highlight of my Air Force career. This guy was definitely on a trip, trying to show up appearances and try to make sure everybody underneath them looked so prim and proper and shiny. Let's be real though, when you're going into work and you're pulling in basically into the gate, the last thing you really care about is somebody beaming down like, Hello, welcome to the Air Force Base with the blah blah blah, your ID, blah blah blah, have a great Air Force Day. All I know is if I went through that in the morning multiple times, I would be driving through thinking, And you have a nice palm to the back of your head. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water